Welcome to another episode of the Hoop Talk Podcast by fans for fans. I'm Ryan. There's my guy, Jalen. What's up, everybody? This podcast is where we discuss all things basketball, so expect a lot of hot takes, debates, and a true display of basketball knowledge. Let's get right into it. Our topic today is our continuation of our NBA Draft Analysis Series, and today we're going to talk about the San Antonio Spurs. So the San Antonio Spurs only have two picks in this year's draft. They have picks 11 and 41. So Jalen, with the 11th overall pick, what do you believe the Spurs should target first? Oh my goodness, please, 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 Spurs, get one of the best three and D wings in the league in terms of the NCAA last season and snag up a guy like Aaron Neesmith out of Vanderbilt. I think he fits perfectly into what they need. Um, 6'6", 213 pounds, shot the three scary well, scary well last season 52.2 percent 51 percent from the um from the field 23 points overall um not much of a facilitator but five rebounds and nearly a block per game nearly a steal and a half per game i mean he fits everything that they desperately need you have to remember this was a team that was significantly hurt by having a guy by the name of DeMar DeRozan as their lead guard, who also played a little bit of the three and the four last year for this team. This guy fits a direct need in terms of Aaron Neesmith being able to play the three, a position they do not have a ton of depth at. Specifically, they have a, a, a buttload of guard help. But in terms of, in terms of weak wing help, they do not have a ton there. And I think Aaron Neesmith fit that, fits that significantly. And talk about a change of pace, dude. We're talking about DeMar DeRozan, who I saw a stat a couple of days ago. He averaged one three-point uh, three attempt for every two games played. That's just not respectable in this league anymore considering the amount of threes that are taken by, by teams in a half, let alone over the course of two games. I think a guy like Aaron Neesmith steps in. He can be a three-point specialist. He can put the ball on the floor a little bit, but he can play as a typical 3 and D wing. It gives San Antonio another Danny Green-esque player, but I think he can do a little bit more with the basketball, which actually makes them significantly more dangerous than even what they had with Danny, considering the young core that they would have around Aaron. So I actually agree with you in the fact that they should get a 3 and D wing, except I think they should go ahead and get Devin Vassell out of Florida State. He averaged 12 points and five rebounds last season and shot 41.5% from three. The Spurs have their backcourt ready. Um, they have guys like uh, Deontay Murray and Derek White being great players already. So I think the obvious need is to try to, to target small forward. And I think the Spurs may also lose a guy like DeMar DeRozan, which adds to the fact that they need a small forward. If you remember, um, I believe it was a post on Bleacher Report that's, that uh, the Lakers were reportedly interested in trading for DeMar DeRozan. So honestly, I think that just heightens the fact that you need a, a small forward. Um, Vassell has been able to shoot threes and become a solid wing defender at Florida State. Um, I think he would be a great fit for, for this position. And I say, I said that with the, uh, the magic that there will be a chance that they could get a guy like Devin Vassell, but I think the Spurs may be able to get him before the magic does. 
I mean, I definitely think that's the biggest thing. I mean, if you know, the only reason why I didn't say Devin Vassell is just because of the fact that I'm concerned about whether or not he'll actually make it that far down. Um, I really believe that he might get snagged right before, if not a little bit earlier on. And that's kind of my only thing. But I mean, um, just to kind of touch on what you said beforehand, I mean, this young core looks extremely promising. I mean, this is one of the young, young cores that we do not talk about a lot. And it's just because we hate the idea of affiliating the San Antonio Spurs um, organization as a whole with the ideal idea of a potential rebuild. Like it just, it's just hard to kind of put together, you know, they, they, and, but then, but now they missed the playoffs for their first time in what, 21 years, I think it is. And, you know, finally it's starting to creep in. And, and ironically enough, we're talking about a rebuild, but this is a team that's kind of already quote unquote rebuild ready. They don't really have to make too many adjustments. I think the biggest names that they're going to have to worry about are DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge. We're going to talk about those two a little bit later on in terms of what they should do moving forward with those guys but in terms of building blocks DeJounte Murray Lonnie Walker Keldon Johnson Derek White I think Yaka Pertle is still very promising and Quindary Witherspoon that's another guy I've heard a lot of things about him in terms of his overall development I think he's a player I think he's a guy who could really be in the mix for them moving forward so I think they have a lot of building blocks to already work on and um and work with and I think that's huge for them considering the circumstances so um yeah I think if they can adjust that small forward position I think that would be huge considering like you said before and it's it's a big need it's one of their biggest needs um this offseason so going to the 41st overall pick Jalen do you believe that they should find more depth at the power forward position or do you believe they should find more depth to back up their already strong backcourt. So it's weird, right? Like looking at Tankathon, Tankathon has them taking Grant Riller at 41. And like, I don't hate the pick at all. Like that's the funny part. Like I actually enjoy the idea of Grant Riller being in a situation like this. I just don't know if it's necessarily something that can be worked around Um in terms of looking at their power forward center position. I mean, Jacoperto is definitely uh, definitely promising. But after you look past that, I mean, LaMarcus Aldridge is somebody who could potentially be on the trade block. Luka Samanich is a guy we, did, we didn't see anything from at all. I mean, they don't really have a lot there. So, I mean, as much as I love the idea that getting a guy like Grant Riller at 41 could bring um, to this kind of team – I think there's a handful of guys at 41 that the the Spurs can look at. Xavier Tillman, plug and play. Reggie Perry out of Mississippi State, plug and play. Daniel Oturu. I think even Paul Reed out of DePaul could all be guys that they can plug in. So I think they got to go after power forward and center. I think it's a huge um, depth issue they have. They have enough ball handlers as it is, dude. And there's only one ball to go around. They have DeJounte Murray, who's a great facilitator. Why not give him some more guys to actually put the ball in, in their hands and help facilitate things around rather than getting another guy who's potentially going to take the ball out of DeJounte Murray's hands. And you mentioned a lot about Xavier Tillman. We've mentioned Xavier Tillman a lot on this podcast and Rightfully so, considering he's one of the best power forwards in this draft. I think the only problem that I would have with choosing a guy like Xavier Tillman is that if he falls all the way down to 41, because a lot of people have uh, Tillman 
projected as a late first round pick or an early second round pick. So it's, I guess, more about to watch, watching to see if Tillman actually falls down to the Spurs at 41. Um, I do think that there are a lot of promising picks for the power forward center position. Of course, we mentioned Daniel Oturu, who is a great center out of Minnesota. He's been able to turn into a solid three-point shooter as well. Um, I think there's a chance that they can get a guy, I would say like Lamar Stevens at Penn State. Uh, I think he's a powerful wing who he's got a lot of good instincts and he's he's been able to score a lot while he's at Penn State. Um, he does pretty much a little bit of everything on the floor. Um, I just think it's interesting. I don't, I don't think there's really one guy that they should take. I think it's just, I think there's just a lot of guys that they could take in that position. I mean, that's, that's exactly the point. I mean, there's a lot of guys who I think that they could definitely take at that position. And I just think that, I mean, this is even a spot 41. You could get a crazy value pick and a guy like Vernon Carey drop all the way down there. You could trade up just barely and get a guy like Vernon Carey. Like there's a lot of different, I mean, Ryan, here's something we didn't even discuss in terms of exploring. Why not add even more to the small forward position, considering how little depth there really is there? Because Keldon Keldon Johnson is a guy who could be a 2-3. He's he's interchangeable. Uh, Derek White, same thing. Um, Lonnie Walker, same thing. I think they have a lot of interchangeable guys where they don't have as much depth as a three position as they think, because there's a lot more two, three guys on this this team than there are solid – I am a three, three and D, or I am a, a certified small forward level player. So why not even look at a guy like Jordan Nawar out of Louisville? We haven't talked about him a lot. He's a guy averaged 18 points per game, 7.7 rebounds per game. Um, doesn't show a ton defensively, but has the measurables at 6'7 with a 6'10 wingspan to play sufficient defense. He's an older guy, which might mesh a little bit better with a guy like um, Popovich in terms of being able to get early playing time um, because he's not going to need a ton of development. And he's a guy, he's a true three, um, plays with a lot of effort, definitely gives them a scoring dynamic at the three position. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot that they could actually do in the second round. If there was any team I would trust, um, it would be the Spurs, really, right? Like looking down the down the the options that I would have, the Spurs are definitely upon some of the the top five teams that I would maybe put in a position to say, if I had to give you one second second round pick to work with. Could you make lemon? Could you make lemonade out of lemons? I think they would be upon the top five, if not the top two teams. I would pick to be able to make that work. So they have a lot of options, and I think they should try to explore that. I mean, when you said Jordan Nawara, you took the. I think you read my mind when you were saying Jordan Nawara because that's exactly who I was thinking of for um, for the Spurs to get in the second round. Um, you mentioned a great three point shooter, and the fact that. You know, he's, you know, he's showing like a lot of improvement. I think that's the important part. And you want, you want to see a guy improve. And Jordan Awara also has a lot of upside coming out of Louisville. So I think it, this could be a great pick for the Spurs. So transitioning to the question for us, Jalen. So we always talk about what teams need to do on draft night, like what their philosophy is. 
Jalen, what do you believe the draft philosophy is for the San Antonio Spurs going into draft night? I mean, I think the biggest thing is that they need to understand they can do whatever they want. I mean, they're in a really promising position with the fact that they have a lottery pick and they have a middle of the second round pick that they can easily try to rely on to be able to get more depth on this team. I mean, they are in a position where, I mean, it's extremely hard to argue with the fact that they could turn this team into a playoff caliber team all over again in the span of one off season, just out of the fact that DeJounte Murray is healthy. They do still have Derek White, who has to kind of redeem himself after coming off of a really struggling year. Um, Keldon Johnson is a guy I think we're going to see a lot more of now that we've seen how much he produced in the G League. Um, Lonnie Walker was a guy who flashed off the screen last year, and it had a lot to do more so with his health not being uh, being or contributing to why he wasn't on the court more than anything else. Um, I think what they might be able to get in return for a guy like DeMar DeRozan will have a lot to do with how this team looks. I think shopping LaMarcus Aldridge, although he might not command as much of a trade haul as you would love to get for a guy who can average 20 and 10 with that kind of elbow jumper that that dude has in the low block. I do think that you can at least acquire some significant talent that can be plug and play. So they just have to know going into the draft that they can do whatever the heck they want to. Because they're just that they're just put in that great of a position with the assets that they have. And the Spurs have had such a level of consistency in terms of making the playoffs, where it was almost extremely surprising to see that they didn't make the playoffs this past season. But I think they have a lot of talent to build the team around. You mentioned that they have a great backcourt with Deontay Murray and Derek White. They have a promising front court with Jakob Pertle, um, with guy with guys like uh Jakob Pertl heading up the five. Um, so there's a lot of things that the Spurs can do with their draft picks. And I think slowly but surely this team can be, will be back in the playoffs again. Transitioning to our question of the day for our fans, what do you believe the philosophy of the San Antonio Spurs will be going into draft night? This has been a great episode today on Hoop Talk Podcast. Of course, make sure when you subscribe to us on Apple, you rate our podcast five stars and subscribe to us wherever you get our podcast. We'll see you guys next episode. Peace.